Live from the internet, it's the Narrative After Show. Bringing you the entire week in review. With Rachel Bittacoffer, Eric Garland, and here's your host, Zev Chalet. And hello, everybody. It's Friday night. We made it to another Friday night, and it's good to be with you on the after show here on Narrative TV with Rachel Bittercoffer. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm a doing. And Eric Garland. How are you, Eric? There is no after show. It never stops. It never <laughs> stops. I feel like I've seen you a lot, <laughs> endlessly this week. Um, you know, it's, it's good. It's always nice to see you. But, uh, you we know, have not read, we're not running out of anything. We're not running out of material. No, there's endless amounts of news, and we'll cover a lot of it tonight. There's lots of good stuff. Um, but you, you had some breaking news before we got on the air, Eric. You got the uh, indictment of some uh, drug smuggling events that uh, happened in Miami. Yes. Uh, yesterday, um, law enforcement agents of the U.S. government arrested the premier of the British Virgin Islands, which is ah. a... I forget if it's a territory or a crown colony, or I don't think it's a peculiar holding like Jersey. But in any event, it, its government it, it descends directly from the Queen of England, which is what's going to make everything, I have to say, sound really odd and very awkward for in terms of politics. And we'll have Rachel here to, to say whether this is like typical political news. She can okay. react, you know, real time. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the, I think I have a guy's. Uh, Andrew Alturo Fahey, yes, aka head coach or coach. Um, so, like, got a mobster code name. So right away, we're like, when you've got an a- when you've got an alias in a charging document, and you're a head top politician, that's unusual. It's unusual. I, well, actually, Rachel, do, <laughs> do, 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 do in, when you're running campaigns, you're like, do you have any? What other aliases do you go under? Does that ever come up? You must have some good ones. You're back in the old days when it used to matter if you were a child molester or something like that. And I was running (laughs) campaigns. I might have been like hyper concerned about my candidate's background. But like, no shit. You can bring me any candidate and I'm going to call them pretty much electable against this modern Republican Party. I mean, I don't care if they're smuggling cocaine with Hezbollah. Well, Which is maybe well, the case. It's funny you find that one up. <laughs> so um, yesterday, this Mr. Fahey, aka head coach, turns up in Florida to speak to a guy who is going to be his interlocutor in a cocaine deal that's like over three thousand kilos of coke. And being in the national security community, I, you know, we stay away from drugs like that. So I don't know if three thousand kilos is a lot, but it sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot. Um, it sounds like it was a lot. Yeah. And he was trying now bad enough. You have a a member of the queen's government who is dealing blow in mass quantities. And uh, he's there like for, I think for an exchange of a bribe, but it's to get the cocaine from Colombia through his country, a few other stops, once Puerto Rico, then to Miami, then on up to New York where it will be managed by the lovely Sinaloa cartel of Ah. Mexico. Yes. Why did they come to Miami to get the money? I still don't get that. So why did they come to Miami to get the money? Are they dropping off the drugs and then getting the money? Because first the cocaine goes to Miami. Yeah. I know this because the charging document has a bunch of the stuff from WhatsApp because I mean, <laughs> they like, the lesson of Jared like, Kushner. <laughs> had you not seen WhatsApp and other charging documents? Yes. Like it's they not re- very secure people. <laughs> it's not so, really encrypted. But there's at no all. accounting for data. I don't know. 
I'm not yeah. in charge. I'm not yeah. their manager. I'm no. just here watching. Yeah. So he's using. I mean, Eric, I'm so old fashioned. I I'm actually like I would be disinclined to commit crime even over Telegram or Signal or something like that. Yes. Right. Like, yes. I try not to do written crime. <laughs> you know? Makes sense. My Italian ancestors are rolling in their graves right now. They maintained their Southern Italian dialect and walked out to a bocce field and (laughs) then still used Italian and then still used code words. They would, I mean, like. That's what I'm saying. Like any fucking Grateful Dead 90s veteran be able to teach these people (laughs) how to comms a little bit better, man. We didn't even have cell phones. (laughs) People have just got it so trusting, right? I think they just get so trusting that they just let it go. They don't care anymore. They just think no one's watching. It's astounding to me, like the shit that people will send on signal sometimes i'm yeah. like uh like, <laughs> well signal's safe well, isn't it okay, tell me signal's safe I mean, please tell me signal's safe i feel like it is safe isn't it no okay yeah but like it's not i don't a, know i mean in theory right but like theory, to me, yes. if you're like a drug dealer or whatever oh, crime yeah. you're involved in like texting people and being like hey do you want to pick up the two pounds for Don Jr. tonight at ninth and Broadway. <laughs> this <laughs> seems dumb, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we've got to keep there, a record of it somehow. <laughs> Receipts are tough to keep. Right. <laughs> um, I've got so bad that allergies, by the way, so I'm going to be tearing in front of you, and it's not cocaine. It's just bad allergies that's happening to me. So, um, Oh, I have that, so too. And, I, you know, I, I just moved back to, like, allergy – like the point, like it's literally ground fucking zero. The county above ours proudly advertises itself as the world's grassy capital. <laughs> and like in about a month, I'm going to want to go up there and set it all ablaze, you know? <laughs> I don't know why this happens to me, but it happens to me all in one moment, as I'm sure it does to everybody else. But boy, it just like it, yeah. it hits you. And when it hits you, it's there's nothing much you can do. So I'm going to yeah. be tearing up to all the, the wonderful things you're going to say tonight. I think it's just that Eric's haircut so beautiful. It makes it is me very want to nice. cry. Too. Isn't it beautiful? Look, it's looking so, so just geomet- I mean, that was no great clips haircut. <laughs> I, I asked for the, uh, you know, Marine general officer haircut. Cause I'm in a mood. Uh-huh. Um, so anyways, we're going to finish up the joke here. The yeah. guy, the, the interlocutor between the Colombians and then you go to the queen of England, but we got to get it to Sinaloa's. Well, who are we going to deal with in Miami? Hezbollah. Lebanese Islamic terrorist group Hezbollah. Now it turns out apparently his guy was really a DEA agent who was posing as Hezbollah. But right. you know, I mean, um, not right, but okay, that's interesting. They have a DEA agent posing as a Hezbollah, like- as a Hezbollah guy buying drugs from the British Virgin Islands Premier and his Port Authority person, uh, which they came by to pick up seven hundred thousand dollars in Miami. No worse than that, right, Eric? If I'm yeah. wrong, tell me if I'm wrong. This dude that was po is a DEA agent that's pretending to be a drug smuggler is also a drug smuggler on behalf of Hezbollah, right? That's the lie that the agent tells. Yes, this dude. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the confidential source. You know, I I'm oh. my understanding. You know, it gets sensitive here. Are we talking about a confidential source who works? for DEA, DEA has recruited him, or are we talking about a law enforcement officer? I don't mm. think I've pinpointed that yet. I, the the yeah, documents just sure. hit before the show. I, I just, I just wonder, like, but, how does the Hezbollah tie in? Like, what, what is their role? Because, okay, I know you're saying we got to take the cocaine from Colombia 
through the British Isles, I thought, to Miami, and that this guy's supposed to do some kind of customs clearance, get him in, get him out of the British Isles, but I'm still confused as to what the Hezbollah is doing. This is a great... Actually, this is a really cool opportunity here when, you know, we hear about these terrorist networks of ISIS and Al-Qaeda and whatnot. These guys act like gangs right down to the meth, prostitution, trafficking of arms, trafficking of kids. They are mobsters with with just a different outfit. I think the DEA guy. They they contribute to a lot of... They contribute to a lot of campaigns, that's for certain, uh, definitely in Florida. But so Hezbollah operates in the United States, and uh, I believe there's quite a bit in eastern Tennessee and whatnot. You'll see dudes with, you know, identifying tattoos. I don't know what percentage of them are working for the DEA. I hope it's a, it's a substantial percentage there. Um, just, let's just hope but, it's, uh, it's- it's Don Jr. source that works for the DA. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. That's uh, you got me. Uh, that's a hell of a geographic map to try and put piece together. Do you think the drugs are destined to that part of the world, to Tennessee, or are they part of? Uh, you know, are they where where are they landing up? Where were they? they well, they were headed for. New- they were headed for New York, okay. um, and this is why logistics is so important for the mob. And mm-hmm. that you know, you know, like, well, does this ever make it to Beirut? Well. Uh, Beirut's a pretty rough place, and they have a big old port there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may remember the uh, CEO of Nissan when he got uh, arrested or he got indicted for uh, financial crimes in Japan. He had himself smuggled out of the country to Beirut, right? Um, where Hezbollah has a big, you know, a, a large presence there. And it, it takes a second for people to wrap their head around the idea. It was like, wait a minute, I thought those were terrorists. Yes, but terrorists work with the mob. They kind of are their own little mob family. And they have, they also have connections where they're run with intelligence uh, services. So, you know, how much of Hezbollah is, you know, there's a heavy connection with the Iranian intelligence service there. Um, But, you know, there may be others that they do deals with and know about and work with like the Russians or the Saudis or, you know, or the Americans are telling. So the Iranians and the American DEA could be supporting the Hezbollah together. We're working with the Hezbollah. Well, just doing, just, just uh, got the idea right you, here. Well, yeah. well, you could have somebody who's a Hezbollah terrorist that, you know, our federal agents go, <clears throat> hey, uh, how would you like to not go to prison for us? Ah, uh, okay. How would you like to do this for us or whatnot? Um, or, you know, you have people who are confidential. Or you, you have undercovers. You have undercover agents in, you know, ATF, FBI, DEA, who spend years getting tatted up, you know, they start working at certain clubs. They hang out with you know biker gangs. They and they commit crimes to get the uh, the trust of these other criminals, and then they report back. And uh, sometimes they're wearing really, really sophisticated technology that the guys are not going to go. You're wired up because they don't even recognize it. They wouldn't know what to look for there, and it's a hell of a job. Not to and, bury the lead uh, there, though. You you were saying that that the queen. Who has whose representative yeah. on the on the island of the British Virgin Islands? Um, her representative there, the premier. I mean, they do have some sort of nominal democracy, I believe, but still, her representative there was the guy actually doing the drug deal. Wow! So you have the governor general there is is I think the official like the official head of government there and then the premier either way you're within two degrees of kevin bacon there from yeah and jeffrey epstein just because 
you dealing know. blow to Hezbollah <laughs> so it can get to the Sinaloa. Yeah. Now, when they read this, I'm like, this is like if you got higher drunk and you did Mad Libs and like, no, 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 no. Okay, the Queen's river is the the Queen of yeah. England. You go you know, to Miami to with uh, Al Qaeda and Hezbollah. I mean, it's it's a lot of different code word, you know, key words. It is. Pop I'm guessing people the Queen's that you've heard of about this one, you know. I'm sure she's got her. She's well, got she her ten percent or something, whatever. Well, whatever first, she's, whatever she well, skims off. First the of all, she's ninety six. <laughs> but yeah. the you know this this is the same family that includes Prince Andrew, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and sort of, you know, the British Virgin Islands has. They're, you know, the thing that's most important about the country that, so as we've known so far, is that they're a haven for a lot of financial dealings that have been, I believe, Parliament has ordered them to reveal who their ultimate beneficial owners of their accounts are, which there's been some foot dragging on. Uh, oh, yeah. Some when of those did that accounts. happen? When did that happen? I didn't so, know that the British. Yeah, recently. Really yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago, and then it keeps um, requiring it. Get and um, and we and at the end of 2020, right after the election, we put in, in our national defense authorization, or the NDAA bill, we put in a whole bunch of provisions about revealing the identity of the LLC owners in Delaware mm-hmm. and authorizing new powers and more budget for FinCEN, Treasury FinCEN, the and death robot of death that uh, does you know as an intelligence agency uh, tracks uh, you know drug dealer mob terrorist financing just like this and it's funny the head of fincen was on capitol hill today saying guys we are so awash in mob money and spy money and terrorist money we're like out of budget we need more budget i'm like well quintuple that stuff yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean they're it's an incredible bang for the buck. The only way to raise that revenue is to actually have more mob money in the system. So I'm just joking, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a little something like that. Oh, oh no, it's a very uh, the, the multiplier. Yeah, for every dollar we spend in taxes, what you get in asset forfeiture. Uh, oh, really? Uh, okay, yeah, it's good, good point. Oh, yeah. Especially those yachts. Those yachts look pretty good. Hey, um, it's time for our segment. It's raining tapes. I don't have the music here, but you can imagine it. Unless one of you wants to sing. Um, it's raining me. <laughs> hallelujah. Okay, I'm not Thank on you. Them. Well done. I don't know any other words except for that part. It's not words that matter. It's actually the same words over and over again. So it has been a busy week at the GOP because without them, we'd have no show every Friday. But, you know, they like to deliver us all these delicious, lovely tapes on a Friday. And we get to talk about them. And there's been a few. One, uh, we'll get to the Madison Cawthorn, is he gay or not tape in a second, which is not really relevant whether he's gay or not. It's just the fact that he was also a supporter of anti-gay legislation. But we'll also get to Lauren Boebert and MTG. We had an almost fight recently. Did you guys see that in the Politico today? I'll get to catch up. Were they up throwing hands? They were throwing hands. We don't have tape, unfortunately, but we have reports of them having a fight. But we want to start with our friend at, at the head of the Republican caucus of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who... Tapes were released just after he announced. Um, so these are tapes from January 6th. They came out from his meeting with his caucus right after January the 6th. So pick it up, Rachel. Tell us more about it. Oh, well, I mean, I think everybody's probably heard this story, but I'll just lead in and, and let you guys know that back in the smoking ruins of the Capitol time period, and it turns out McCarthy was like the rest of us, totally horrified reading security, I mean, we didn't get to read the briefings, but hearing about security briefings 
that were, you know, ongoing threats to the Capitol. And he, like the rest of us, recognized what it was, an armed insurrection, an attempt to overthrow the government. But only we'll tell people in private that. And the good thing is, somebody, Lordy, there are tapes, right? Lordy, there are tapes. And we're very <laughs> thankful to all the tapes. There's three in total. I'm going to just, I hope, there's actually two. So I'm going to hope that these are the right ones. I'm just going to play it. We'll listen to what it is. And here's Kevin McCarthy. This is from the 10th. The other thing that we have to do is these members on either whatever position you are calling out other members, that stuff's got to stop, especially in this nature. So when I get up right here, I'm, I'm going to call Gates. But anything else we see, don't assume I see everything, don't assume I know everything. Uh, but we've got to have one central point. So, I mean, if you can bring this stuff to Dan uh, Lee Legansky, so you can have it. But, I mean, don't sit back around. Um, it's going to be you guys personally. Tension is too high. The country is too crazy. I do not want to look back and think we caused something or we missed something and someone got hurt. Um... I don't want to play politics with any of that. So the problem is, he sounds what quite um, was that? The January the 10th, I believe, was when he had that call. So four days after the insurrection. He sounds positive, um, reasonable. He sounds like a normal politician. Maybe underneath yeah, Kevin McCarthy. Like a guy whose party just tried to overthrow the government, and he's yeah. kind of freaked out about yeah. it, you know? As he should. <laughs> like normal. And now, now, now they're like, well, okay, guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because the D.C. Metro police came in and did medieval hand-to-hand combat for enough hours that it looked bad, and then you had to call belatedly three hours, as we said in our show last night. Uh, eventually, they were like, okay, call on the National Guard and make it look like we're cleaning up, and then four or five days later, like, let's not make it look you know, like someone's going to get hurt here. Even he found Matt Gates offensive at that point, which is kind of like, well, that's good. That's a good sign. It means there's some rationality going on there. But we know that a few days later, he changed his mind. So it, because he met Donald Trump, because he went to kiss the ring, as they say, down in, in yep. um, Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it also dovetails with his, you know, remember that speech that he gave? This is also around the 10th. He gave that speech in the House where he was really, really critical of Donald Trump. The president bears responsibility for yep. Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his The president bears responsibility. That's where it quelled just sits so well on Kevin McCarthy's uh, tongue, doesn't it? Quell. Such a fine, refined well, term. I, you might I have know, to be on. I got to tell you, I had, I'm not going to say I had any, I had hope, maybe a little bit, like, I mean, I'm very, <laughs> as you guys know, I, I know all the doom that's coming, right? So it's not like, so, but it, it was, there was a moment, there was like three days where it looked like maybe McCarthy and McConnell were going to do the right thing, right? And damn. Well, that was know, their opening. They just, they just screwed it up so bad because it was their only chance to excise this cancer. And they both thought long, short term, that their fastest path to power instead was to get back and ride the dragon some more, right? But the fact is that that dragon, even before these audio tapes came out, it's not likely to deliver him to the speaker's cavil. The end of the day, it's going to turn around and eat his ass before it gives him that gavel. So, 
Well, we don't know that for sure. You know, he gets a lot of his money from well-financed mobsters in Texas, apparently. Um, yeah, but he's got to win a vote in the House, a majority yeah. vote of the membership. Yeah, but they also, they also support speaker. a lot of other GOP members, yeah. so he might be able to. So a lot of it will depend, honest to God, I think, on the size of their majority. If they take the majority plus another 30 seats, then I think McCarthy's probably your speaker. But if it's really, really tight, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think the June, they've now announced that on June 8th, I think they're going to start the hearings in prime time, these public hearings around January the 6th. Do you think that's going to have an impact on the election results coming in November? Jamie Raskin called it. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Oh, I mean, Jamie Raskin said, we now have enough evidence to prove this is like the worst crime ever committed from a presidency in the history of uh, the multiverse. Uh, he, you know, he was a, he, he wasn't hedging his bets there. He's like, guys, this is this is really bad. So and they've not yet revealed all the things that they say they know. There's crimes that have not been reported. There is evidence that has not been reported, and there's also tapes that have not been released. So there's still lots right. to come out from this. Oh, situation. I think it's going to be amazingly brutal every night, every mm. day. But at the end of the day, like this is the worst part when we have these incremental reveals and piece by piece comes out is the media doesn't bother to ever recap the context. So it will report each day's developments, almost like forgetting the larger narrative. And we have to paint the narrative for the public or else it won't resonate. There's too much partisanship. And I'm telling you guys now, you're not going to see a lot of Republican or right-leaning independents watch these hearings because they are going to prefer to not know what's in them. Oh, really? Even though it's going to be like in the middle of summer and there's not much on TV, you know? Oh, yeah. People do that shit all the time, especially if... So, like, when you think about these impeachment trials, you didn't get the audience you wanted to have. You Mm. certainly did not get any... I mean, very few Republicans watch these things and let the story unfold. Instead, it's better to listen to Rush Limbaugh as he watches and tells you what's happening or, you know, whatever, right? You don't get that news. Like, I mean, I monitored right-wing media during the impeachment trial. And like I've told you guys before, giant revelations about Giuliani's conversations and activities in the Ukraine. On that day, the way the right-wing media, the whole system covered the story was some little scene with Jim Jordan or whatever in it, harping about uh, harassing one of the witnesses, okay? They they never talked, even they never even reported the Giuliani shit. Do you think that because the Fox News has to cover this, Fox News has to carry the entire proceedings, that that's not going to make a difference? You think it's just the analysis and the narrative shaping around that is going to win the day? I don't remember them carrying the impeachment trial like all the way either. Didn't they show segments of it or whatever? I think they carried the impeachment trial. I think the most of it, I think they carried. But then they spun it, you know, before and afterwards. Sorry, Eric, you were trying to get to word in earlier on about this. I was going to say that you can't assume... The impeachment, you know, C-SPAN and whatnot, um, the three of us represent 11% of C-SPAN's audience, especially for those yeah. those trials, right? I mean, you know, you it, when you get into this, more. you're like, you know, like I've read the Mueller report. I've read yeah. the Senate Intelligence Volume 5. That's not difficult. I can go walk up and down my neighborhood here and go, 
Would you like to discuss? <laughs> it'll be like a you know a Jehovah's Witness, but with the Senate Intelligence Report Volume Five. Like, would you like to discuss the Senate Intelligence Report Volume Five and you know <laughs> Constantine Kalimnik? I don't think I'm going to get a lot of takers there. No, um, I don't think so. so I, I think the hearings only have a real impact if we have like some criminal charges that yes. precede them. Now, today was the first day we got one of the Oath Keepers pleaded guilty to seditious conspiracy to overthrow the government by blocking the election itself. Oh, that wow. That's the first plea like that, right? That's a plea deal. Yeah, the plea yeah. deal is down to a maximum of 40 years. That's the wow. plea. Wow. Is 40 years. Well, who was it? Which, which one of them was it? Count. Which one was it? I forget the guy's name. It was not Stuart Rhodes. Oh yeah, we're off to the races now. So, so that's, a, that's is, a really significant development there. You're, that's a significant yeah. thing that just happened in, in that case. Well, we need to see now, that shit okay, for all of these motherfuckers if we want to call ourselves living in a functional democracy, dude. <laughs> well, is that what you're saying, Eric? Did you think yeah, that by the yeah. time June happens, yeah, there'll yeah. be a lot more of this? This is basically what you're saying, that we're just beginning to see the DOJ activity on Jan 6, and, we, and it could be coinciding with a lot of the uh, hearings? Well, they cannot, you know, they do not share information. The wow. DOJ okay. does its investigations and prosecutions, mm -hmm. you know, without political interference. So if they would be talking with a congressional committee about it of elected officials and influenced by them or influencing them, then that would be a commingling of executive and judicial mm -hmm. or in a legislative branch. And that's a big no-no for DOJ. And I'm very confident that is is going to maintain for nothing else the security you know you want you know you have the minimum number of people investigating the minimum number of people prosecuting and you certainly don't give it to congress critters you know? i understand what you're saying and of course there, but there must um, be some sort of deconflicting going on there must be someone out there who's making sure that they're not releasing stuff that might be harmful to the investigation there must be some of that going on because they are oh i think this is the most tightly controlled investigation in yeah. the history of the republic and i think it's under the correct assumption that this is also going to be the most explosive investigation because they are almost having their hands tied on having to charge a criminal conspiracy all the way up to the presidency. <laughs> well, they have <laughs> right? to, right? I mean, I mean, they basically have to. And here's to. the thing is like, you can't not charge. So like when I talk about all the shit I talk about coming up in 22, it's under the assumption that there's going to be prosecution of the main organizers and Trump himself of, for these offenses, right? Certainly expect that because there are complications with proceeding with a charge or um, indictments. But when th you think about the alternative, right, in terms of just pure national security, there is no alternative. You would have to leave America yeah. massively exposed on the flank to mm. not charge this. And I just don't see how that can happen. And, you know, if yeah. it does happen, I don't think that it would be good. My only worry is this, guys, is that I feel like maybe we're going to have these committee hearings with this damning story revealed and the expectation that it will create a groundswell of pressure on DOJ to uphold the rule of law. 
And I don't know that our population can produce that kind of groundswell. So I hope that's not the case. I hope they're going to just move it. It has to move. It's a national security interest. And it's interesting that you're saying that it could happen at the same time. That might be an attempt to at least time the groundswell or at least some public opinion change at the same time as these DOJ uh, indictments are coming down or public. I mean, I mean, here's the thing is like, you know, there's no scenario in which there's anything you can do. That's going to keep the people who are guilty in this plot Mm. from defining it as a partisan witch hunt. Right. I mean, that's because they are, they're the other party. Right. So I think it's just really important that they have as much compelling public forward facing evidence as they can possibly must without compromising the legal aspects of the case. But it is very important that you win the 52, 53% of America that is capable of rational thought and win it handily. Wow, that's a huge uh, thing to think about. Those two things are happening at the same time. And it's almost like they're going on trial before they're going on trial. If they have these public hearings at the same time as they're getting arrested or new, new charges are coming for the, for the well, I don't leadership. think it will be immediate. I mean, I, I would expect like public hearings go on and the evidence comes out, Yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. and, and then, then, then the arrest. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but it is seditious conspiracy that he pled guilty to. I mean, there's no doubt that this is what yes. they're investigating. <clears throat> this is what they're looking at. We know who the conspirators are and we know what the sedition looked like. So it's, you know, it goes all the way to Donald Trump. Let's look at it. There's no other way around the story. And, and what Rachel said, you know, the, the, you got to keep on this because the media is going to just reset the, the narrative clock back to, to whatever today's thing is, which dulls it, right? Um, you remember a while ago, they're like, look, there's some people who are at the Capitol, but they're not, nobody's like, they're not charging seditious conspiracy. So there's no reason to get like all hyperventilating about this. And then they, then they brought in Stuart Rhodes and they brought up seditious conspiracy. And it's not like the media underlined that we did, mm-hmm. but oh, these yeah, corporate media companies, yeah. they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we've got somebody who's pleaded guilty to that. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, they're getting like the, you know, 10, 10 days in prison, you know, 90 days in prison for these misdemeanor guys. This dude's up for 40. 40 years. Right? For, and that was a serious that crime was we have. Of, I mean, that's, not, that's part of his yeah. deal. Is that his deal or that what he That's the deal. The deal is for Wow. That's the deal. <laughs> I mean, I read that. How the, bad the, is your yeah. shit when you're taking a 40 yeah, year plea right. deal, dude? Oh, I mean, man, right? look, when you're up for 600 years in prison, you know, you do a, you know, a plea saying. deal down to 100 and you, know, you do a plea deal down to 125 years. The evidence must be extraordinary, too, well, yeah. right? Yeah. Evidence <laughs> is pretty it's, it's like like they sit down across from you and they're like, look, fuck face, you're, you plead and you'll get an extra cup of pudding on Thursday nights and an extra 25 <laughs> minutes to walk around the quad. If not, it's the general squad. population. Yeah, just turn <laughs> right. on everybody else that you organized this with. And he did. You, you know, these people are turning because of course they would. I would do, take any deal at this point if I was up on these charges, even if you claim you had no idea what you were involved in. You have no idea how much that extra pudding cup might mean to you when you're in federal penitentiary. Learning and the meanings of the Armenian tattoos. Have these people so dead to rights if they didn't write down all their crimes and send them to each other. Yes, and videotape them and shoot <laughs> and them. We, live stream and them because, because why not? <laughs> live stream them. 
Yeah. Bro- broadcast them in advance. They're like, it's going <laughs> to, everyone come on down to DC. It's going to be wild. It's We're going to have a pool. You know, like, I mean, I can imagine being the cops investigating this shit. It must be like, it, like you're in a ludicrous world. Like, I mean, who does this? Can you imagine how much data they had to go through? Can you imagine how much, like, tons of tons of data of, uh, they would have uh, had to look through to get terabytes, terabytes yeah. exabytes? I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. I guess you just I mean, search hour, the thousands word and thousands though, right? of hours of video. Yeah. <laughs> Here's, hey, um, it was a new, search, uh, noose, you know? <laughs> so there's a new tape today. This is actually tapes and texts ah, yes. of between Sean Hannity, the anchor at Fox News, and Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff of the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. And these are also like, you know, they borderline, I don't know, it's uh, agreeing that they're somehow, you know, together forever. It's almost like a bromance that they're declaring. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's, and, you know, it's all about them setting up for January the 6th. So it happens the night before. And what's emerging is that Sean Hannity isn't just an anchor like every other anchor, which we've known. He's not typically an anchor, but he is actually an organizer, it feels like. He's actually part of the seditious conspiracy as you point out <laughs> that is being charged he does feel yeah, like that's what's going on he worked directly do, do you remember he worked with paul manafort directly he did yeah. work with paul manafort directly that's true yeah, yeah hannity's sketchy dude i mean he's always been sketchy but then you get to i mean again you know they laid out the crime in writing for us so we get to read it like a novel you know but it is astounding like how direct he is. I mean, this is not a man that's not unaware of journalism ethics, you know, rules. I mean, if you just watch, you know, Cuomo get kicked off of CNN for inappropriate, you know, cooperation with a story about his brother. Uh, yes, well, you know, yeah, it's true. But Sean Hannity and the rest of Fox News have been complicit in ways that CNN hasn't even been complicit, and we think they've been complicit as well a bit. You know, Fox News has has really jumped the shark. And what we spoke about the other day, Eric, on when we were doing the Elon Musk show, is how much Chinese money actually flows through to Fox yeah, News. Right. And that a lot of Sean Hannity's paycheck is probably paid for by Chinese money. So behind Fox News and before behind- that, it was Sa- yeah, this uh, Prince uh, uh, bin Talal, uh, one yes. of the Saudi princes. Anyhow, yeah, it's a rich mix of Russian agents, Chinese cash, Saudi money. It's We've got it all. Come on down to News Corp. We've got it all. Which is really yeah. troubling when you're in the middle of a seditious conspiracy, because if this is a seditious conspiracy that's also yeah. being organized by uh, foreign agents or foreign countries that are using these you know, assets as they would be. Fox News would be an asset. Sean Hannity would be an asset to, you know, create an insurrection. Well, that's a whole other thing. That is something I've never even contemplated in American law. I don't think it's ever happened before. Maybe, maybe during the Civil War, they had some issues with uh, the press then. But that's, a, you know, we haven't had this kind of foreign propaganda run by probably foreign government inciting anchors to work uh, alongside and cooperate with the White House in an insurrection, and then also the wife of the Supreme Court Justice. I mean, there's a lot yep. of high-powered people in that little grouping. Yeah, they're not a, what's that dude's There's a lot name? going Jer- on. George Pofalofoclis or whoever the dude was that kicked off the Russiagate scandal. They're not two-bit players we're talking about, dude. <laughs> no, this is the real deal. So it is actually, the poll is killing me. I'm just going to give you, sorry. Can Eric and I just reenact it? We could do that, right? The, 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 yes, you can. <laughs> do, you have, do you have the scripts in front of you? It's we on need scene. to have a reenactment tweet, you know, text message exchange. <laughs> I actually have a thing. I have a whole, on my transcribing uh, uh, machine, I can actually make people say things. I can just 
you can write some script and then it speaks it in their voice, which is kind of disturbing. Oh, wow. But yeah, I, uh, I might do something like All theater. my F-bombs, that's what happens. Zev so totally we, set me up, dude. So when you're not here next week, we'll still have you here. We'll just, uh, we'll script you and uh, it'll be easy to do. <laughs> yeah, just record doom, doom, kind of- doom, and <laughs> insert doom every 10 minutes. It's not going to be that bad. I think you're, I'm hoping that it's not going to be that bad. I know that your polls are saying that. I understand that everyone's depressed and it's going to be, but this just doesn't make any sense to me that you've got so much crap on this awful, embarrassing party, the GOP, that it's just like, you don't even want to invite them over for dinner. Never mind, elect them into any positions of power. These people are just gross. Every single one oh, of them. They're, is- they're crazy, right? Yeah. They're wackadoodles. But here's the thing. You can't do this experiment because you're in Canada and that's a totally different environment yeah, okay sure, yes, but like eric stupid. i don't know where the hell you are you i mean maybe if you're in the heart of dc this won't work either but if you walk around and ask randos about kevin mccarthy tapes they're not only going to have not any idea what you're talking about in terms of these tapes yeah. right they're going to be like who the fuck is kevin mccarthy <laughs> <laughs> like so like i'm trying to get people to understand like the norms like they don't know any of this shit. They haven't heard maybe like a you know oh there's something coming out about this you know speaker guy thing. But they have they heard about Ma- have they've had Madison Cawthorn and MTG and Lauren no, Boebert. They have no. heard about them. No, no, no. Zeb. Only ten percent no. of the U.S. population can name the Speaker of the House of the Congress at any given time. No shit, oh, or okay. even know which party controls the Congress, dude. <laughs> All right. So that's no, I'm not kidding. Like yeah. that's when I sit here yeah, and I tell you, like, listen, our heavy lift isn't the hearings; it's getting people to know what the f- comes out in them. That is what I mean, dude. <laughs> I got it. Okay, I, it's a very I, I heavy think, lift. Then I think the hearings, you know, will be most useful as an explanation for, like, wait a minute, Trump's going to prison. Then they're going to need yeah. to hear right. why. Then they'll listen because yeah. we're going to, and that's really important because dude belongs in prison for any number of reasons, right? Yes. But especially for this thing, this thing has to be punished. And this is a, a rip tear. What has happened is worse than the Civil War. And the Civil War was covering for slavery to maintain no, slavery no. as the economic engine of a portion of this country. It is the most abhorrent institution that's ever existed here. And the stain is still on us today. This is a worse crisis than how the civil war came about, which is, you know, although it's economic system is malevolent evil, you know, they announced, you know, they started firing on Fort Sumter and they're like, we take our generals, you take yours, Mm. you know, almost all of them trained at West Point. And they're yep. like, we're setting up a country. They printed money. So they had conscription. They acted in the manner of a state. Now, Lincoln and you know the North said, no, you know, right. that's not how we see the Constitution. And we had a bloody fight. My great great grandfather yes. lost a leg fighting it from New Hampshire. And people don't, it, don't remember that, right? There people was, don't remember how many people died in the Civil War and how many people died in the Second World War. And you know, this the amount of lives that have been uh, and blood that has been spilt for freedom and democracy. And then these guys are just throwing it away. It's just like no shit. And because they, they can't even and, read the news, you know. Yeah. And it's not their fault. They're like, I mean, here's the thing. My new book talks about this quite a bit, and it makes this really damn. It prosecutes a pretty damning case about the American, okay, mm. the American citizen. Yeah. But it also talks about, look, at the end of the day, though, like there's an incentive structure to our country, and there is very little 
incentive structure to push people towards civic literacy and mm-hmm. civic engagement. In fact, our culture is so ass backwards. We teach people, especially now, these last two generations, that politics is so disgusting and so embarrassing and so dirty that that, that actually what's morally superior is to not be involved at all in the government of the country or the state or the local area. So there are a lot of people, it's not just about access. There is an access issue that tramples down through race, ethnicity, and poverty. But there is also a lot of college-educated, wealthy people who do not vote, and they actually think that they are better human beings than the three of us in our audience because they don't vote. That's how ass-backwards our culture is in America. So, Mm. you know, they are only responding to the environment that we have created. And that's why really, if we can get this triage work done, our long-term fix is going to have to be in in investing massive amounts of money in promoting a civic culture. Mm. Yay. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. No, that's... That's my jam, Holmes. That's that. No, I'm, this I is. Feel it, dude. Eric, I'm doing a job. Like it's so antithetical to what I want to be doing. That's the shit that I want to be doing. Right? I want to be building shit up, not using my using GOP dark arts to to you know try to mirror their tear down model. But I, my goal is to get us there, and that work is just as important to me. And it needs to start ten years ago, and it needs to start with an ex- you know really intensive push across many different think tanks on uh, the center and the center left to get it going. But at least uh, we're starting now. It's better late than never, right? Here's the tape. I finally found it. It's going to start a couple of times. So just let me uh, brief you a little bit as we as we watch it. So they've uh, what they've done on the right side of the tape here, uh, the screen here, is the text messages that uh, Sean Hannity was sending his friend, Mr. Maddow, Mr. Meadows, in the White House. And on the left is what he was saying to the audience on Fox News. So it's a nice contrast. And it's uh, hopefully will reset any time now. And we'll t- walk you through that. So, you know, there he is on with Ted Cruz the night before saying, Big crowd tomorrow, and then he's texting all these concerns that he has to Mark Meadows at the same time. Not typically what That's a journalist does. From the text there, and we'll get into much more about what they actually say, because I think they're very important there for this investigation. Hannity knew there was no path. We have Ted Cruz coming on later in the program. We know that he wants this commission to look into this for 10 days. Uh, we're going to have about 150 House members supporting this as well. A big rally. I believe your dad will be addressing that rally tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. Big crowds apparently showed up to the point where the West Wing <laughs> could hear the music and the chanting of the people that were there already. And this all kicks off in the morning tomorrow. Well, Sean, that's right, and tomorrow is an important day. We have an obligation, I believe, to protect the integrity of the election and to protect the integrity of the democratic system. Senator, I'm, I'm looking at the support you, you're getting in the Senate, and I'm looking at the support in the House, maybe 150 members that in the end. Uh, it's looking like... Um, realistically can this really happen i don't like to give this audience false hope i want to you know would we have an audit is that real is that a possibility do you see uh for example do you see any after tomorrow is there a path for the president constitutionally so i mean that's unbelievable you know as a journalist you really are not meant to do this kind of stuff you're not meant to be taking part in any story and he's not just uh telling the story that he's going on he's manipulating the population manipulating the audience into doing so just a little just a little it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy 
It's, uh, it's crazy that it's we a, live in this country in which this shit is happening and we're figuring out 245 years too late that there's too much. We, for the founders, and Eric, I think you're going to appreciate this, for the bunch of guys that feared kind of tyranny and, you know, authority and, and elites, and boy, did these guys over undershoot how bad human nature is, right? Because they've designed a system that left so many holes, we filled them in with norms, right? Yeah. Norms that they're not laws, they're not requirements, <laughs> they're just, you know, you hold a confirmation hearing once the president has a Supreme Court appointee, you know, it doesn't say in the Constitution, the Senate will advise and consent. And by the way, even if the Senate doesn't like the president, they have to hold the confirmation hearing. <laughs> that should happen by norms. And so what has happened yeah. is we have entered this situation that is very similar to the Nazi party in Germany, where they are polluting those norms, they're taking advantage of the way that the business has been conducted and exploiting anything that's got a legal weakness in it. So we are in real trouble because we we can't fix these weaknesses. We can't make it so the president, if you want to run for president as a party nominee, you have to you know pass a background check and reveal your financial information. We cannot make any of the fixes because to do that, we have to get this part that's at war with democracy to agree with us. I mean, when you think about post-Civil War, mm. the reason you get the 13th and 14th Amendments to the Constitution, guys, is because the Southern states were weren't allowed to vote yet. We're the different caucus. Yeah. <laughs> but this is also different because there's foreign involvement. I mean, it's not like these things just arrived on our shores. I mean, it, it did arrive on our shores, obviously. And there are domestic forces that are anti-democracy now, but it originated externally. And it's an attack that doesn't look like an attack because there's no dead people on the street. But this is as deadly as what's going on in Mariupol in terms of our democracy. Like, I mean, there is actual, you know, it's just an information war. It's just a different kind of attack. But it's uh, in terms of the way. Casualties yet. 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 And it has had some casualties (laughs) and probably will have more. You know, the more tension exists in our society, the more polarization happens, the more, you know, Elon Musk buys Twitter and Sean Hannity does what he does on Fox News, the more dangerous it becomes when we don't have a town square or a place where we can share ideas in a cohesive, sort of nice, sort of normal way. I mean, I'm pretty sure the CBC and the BBC don't allow foreign investment. In their news yeah, and they're also they're also shows. called you know they're called uh, you know they're they're respected in a way that's above their actual output. I mean, in some ways, the CBC is just as as tied into the state and its needs than than it is to journalism. I would say so. I'm trying to be polite, about my colleagues there. Uh, <laughs> I like this. But you know, we're like we're down here, dude. <laughs> I know. Kidding? Anything up there? I was like, God, please let me go watch that. <laughs> You know, I feel like I still live in America, even though I'm not because, but I, you know, as I spend most of my time in this bubble, this echo chamber that exists, it's quite easy to sort of plug into America, even though you don't have to go, you know, you got to step outside. People might be a little calmer than they are in the United States, but the tension is still present across the world. I think, you know, it's not just America that this impacts. If it wasn't for the digital era Mm. and like the Canadian and UK and Italian and German audiences being able to watch programming like Hannity, right? I don't think see it as globally pressured. I mean, certainly think that the environment here, it's not the pure cause or only cause. It's a major mechanism of a lot of our problems is the right-wing media ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And now that has been globalized because of technology. And I think that's not an accident. 
Yeah, but I think there's also ownerships of these companies that you know, are a suspect, and people don't ever pay attention to who's really who really owns these companies, and they are they're not just corporate citizens. They are, you know, foreign states. That's really, it's a lot of the influence comes from foreign states. It's just the reality of CNN. It's the reality of, of Fox News and all these other networks they started. And same with Elon yeah. Musk. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right, that we don't have any protection. I mean, like the Macron, thank God, right? Macron beats this far-right nationalist for the second time, mm-hmm. this time in the runoff. And it was an ass-kicking because Macron was not loved, right? It's not yeah. like he went in there with, like, a ton of momentum, right? People were pretty pissed at him. So, like, a 58 out of that runoff, to me, in that context, is pretty damn good. It's more of a reflection of rejection of the nationalism, the far right, than it was a testament to I love Emmanuel Macron, right? But it was ultimately a rejection of that. And I just wonder if they could have pulled it off if they had our media system. And I don't know that they could have, honestly. I don't think so. They have their... I, you know, I, I lived down, I started my career in Paris and I follow politics there pretty, pretty closely. They have corrupted media there too. And they had, uh, you know, a lot of uh, their coverage was, you know, very challenging for Macron and, and his margin was smaller this time. And even though Marine Le Pen, who remember was one of the first people to arrive at Trump tower after he won. Right. I remember um, that. Thank you for bringing revealed. that up. I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, she, so well, like, all the Putin agents showed up. You had N- Nigel Farage was number one, but Marine yeah. Le Pen was oh my God, right yeah, behind him. Well, Such you know, she took a, a loan straight from a Russian bank mm. for her campaign, yeah. and that was set up by the deputy head of the Duma, who was just indicted for espionage in the Southern District of New York. Oh, isn't that interesting? And, and she still did better in, so this will tell you where the French media is at. She still, after that indictment dropped, she still managed to do better than she did when Macron won in 2017. Which is amazing, considering Putin is the enemy number one on the entire planet right now. There's, you know, you could not yeah, say- Yeah, I honestly he's... see that as the difference between fresh, sexy, exciting Macron first term and a re-electing incumbent yeah. cycle. That's true. But, you know, That's true. but I mean, still, no. here's the fact. Fact of the matter is at least 40% of the French population is like, ah, fuck it. You know, Putin's in Ukraine. We'll try some fascism. Why not? You know, I mean, that's not good. It's the, definitely not good. That would not have happened 15 years ago. So it's definitely a problem. And there's tons of gray clouds out of that. Um, the people are hip to the fascism and they're into it. I want to talk about yeah. Scientology, but I did want to mention one thing about, uh, should we do Madison Cawthorn? I'm not particularly interested in his sexuality. I don't care about his sexuality, but I do think that there is something to be said about this guy who's, you know, basically, I mean, he, he visited, this is, this is him visiting, I think with maybe some, maybe his boyfriend, maybe his aide, who knows who this is. This is when he visited the Eagle's <clears throat> Nest in 2017 or something, I believe. I don't know. Is it, so, oh my you know, God. him on vacation <laughs> at the Führer's that, house. It says it's his brother. Wait. It says it's his brother. Yes, thank you. I apologize but, for wait, he went on a vacation. <laughs> what? Oh, his vacation minute, included. This is his highlight. That he's what? off his bucket list. He says here uh, for the no selfies is oh to go God. to this, you know, the Führer's vacation home in that. in Germany. And this guy is not your typical GOP guy who's you know was, was maybe caught doing something he shouldn't be doing. He's also you know soon afterwards he met his wife at a CrossFit event staged by a former U.S. captain that he met at a St. Petersburg casino while on the same trip to Sweden. So he's 
in a Russian we, casino. Oh, hold on, we didn't we talk about this on the show one one time before? It. Oh, that, Hammy knows it's time. Oh. That, that, that casinos were outlawed in 2009. So as far as you know, reliable stories go. Yeah. That one's got some holes in it. Dude. It's got some holes as well because it's not just an overnight trip because look how far it is to get from. It's like, an, it's like a 22-hour, I mapped this out, 22-hour uh, ferry trip to get from Stockholm to St. Petersburg. So you don't just want to take that on a little jaunt. Look at Hammy. Hello, Hammy. Hammy, you know what Hammy's no, telling Hammy, us? You know, it's too he, early he, for Hammy hugging. He, it's almost time. It's okay. He, he, Hammy wants to know. He knows we're in about an hour. Hug. The dog is sharp. We only Hammy hug at 5, and it is only 4.57 now. <laughs> He's so good at that, though, that he knows the time. He I knows, mean, man. I'm telling you. How he does, do they do that? Every day I get a 5 o'clock hug. I love it. That That's is so great. That is so great. And then you stop work. That's when you decide to, like, you know, give up on the, on the workload. Yeah. Um, in those three minutes that we have left, or two minutes now, we can talk about Madison. or we can, I, I was had all these tapes, and I had all this timeline of Madison, but I guess we don't have to do that. We can talk about Scientology, but also that's a little depressing. But maybe just talk about it, because it's interesting. Let's just mention it briefly. I, well, okay. I'd like to merge a couple of the last topics here. Yeah, there was a story came out. There's a civil lawsuit against the head of Scientology for some of the most grisly human trafficking of children stories run by the camps, or the, but run by them. I mean, they're essentially concentration camps that Scientology was running in Florida. And they also have- They have like, a boat. Don't they have a boat? Where they shipped, yeah. They had a six. They had a six-year-old who was forced to sign a one billion year contract for labor, which I'm pretty sure is unenforceable. And at 15, he complained, so they moved him out to the cruise ship. And there's two other plaintiffs, and it's just, it's the real grooming. This is the real. You know, you get a kid when they're six, and then you just destroy them and just make them believe that this is their entire life. I want to talk about like the hammy high. I want to. I, I want to link that to the hammy hugs and oh. and fun memes and good and oh, wow. comedy shows. Go There's it. a lot of stuff that you know. I recommend to the audience something I have to do for myself, which is self care around you know making sure you have the balance. When there's a lot of really intense news that's coming out and there's a whole lot of people that are going to disappoint you, but there's a point where atrocity builds up and it's just got to be held to account. And some of these things are so, you know, or so gruesome. And there's a story here in Missouri. It's starting to get national and international attention. There's a place called the Agape Boys School and it's for the troubled teens and there's a whole industry around troubled teens where these schools are nominally religious they are not regulated in the state of missouri and there has been a great factory of sexual and physical and psychological abuse that has been heaped on these poor children who then apparently uh some get trafficked but they all get damaged and I've it's had now so many i had friends go through that shit back i mean when this industry was first developing and it is it's like i just think it's so sad because it preys on parents urge to protect their children but you know to put but i mean it's not disney and it's not your school kids dude, teacher at preschool that are brutal, man. they'd like dump them out in the middle of texas right where there's happy eras running around and like they give them little sandals <laughs> shit dude it's like that, yeah pure on psych warfare right this is boulevard missouri and it turns out that the local prosecutor and the, the local sheriff's office they're all tied up and then, you know, some of the sheriff's families on the staff of this school, they have their own cemetery 
just like oh. they do in the residential schools up in Canada where they've been finding Thanks for breaks. leaving us on that happy note. You're fucking fired from the end of the stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's why I, I that's why I bring up the hugs, you know, the funny memes, you know, uh we have a right this weekend we have a rule in the house we're going for as much stand-up comedy as possible and uh, and other things because you know and i just recommend for everybody uh take care of yourself and you know remember that monsters get along they can get a lot done in the shadows mm -hmm. but humanity is not just monsters uh even if some of them you know they get control of institutions and they get power and money that they you know if we knew about it they never would have gotten and they evaded capture for a long time, but now they're so lazy about it. They all put it on WhatsApp. And so we've mm -hmm. got an ocean of court-ready data or court-ready yeah. evidence that can put some of these monsters in prison forever. And I think it's just a good, trust me, as a futurist, uh, as a strategic forecaster, I know it's coming down the pike more than the average bear. And, you know, yeah. make sure to do, you know, take some hot baths, read some books, pick a time of day to unplug. Because it's not, there, there's a story coming about how this country and frankly, the enlightenment almost came to a halt mm. here yeah. at the hands of oh, some evil people. And y'all are going to need some binge watching on Netflix of some funny stuff. So and prepare yourself uh, yeah, and be good to each other. And be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Thank you for stepping you. that up. And party on dude. That's right. And it's still the greatest country on earth. And it still has the greatest people on earth. And actually, we all kind of agree with each other when you look at it. And that's going to be the beauty of the whole thing when we finally get through these painful things that are still coming ahead of us. Uh, thank you for watching tonight on The After Show. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah, Have a shit. good weekend. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. too can support our independent journalism by going to www.patreon.com forward slash narrative.